Now on Netflix. Inspired by the unbelievable true story of a fake hitman comes the new movie, Hitman, from Academy Award nominee Richard Linklater. At 96% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, critics are calling Hitman a smart, sexy crime thriller with surprises at every turn. Starring Glenn Powell and Adria Arjona, Hitman. Now playing on Netflix and in select theaters. Rated R. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Warning. The following podcast, which contains strong language and mature content, is unsuitable for children or for the faint of heart. The subject matter discussed will be frightening and graphic in nature. Listener discretion is advised. When you want to hear about the paranormal, you get the spooked girls. True crime that makes you hypothermal with the three spooked girls. Stabby snippets will give you dreams. Tara and Jessica will make you. Along with the spooked girls Bring on the slaughter We on that haunted ground The three spooked girls Hey there, spooksters, and welcome back to another stabby snippet here on Three Spooked Girls. My name is Jessica, and as always, I am joined by my ghoul friend, Tara. Hey, spooksters. Some of you spooksters may have know may know this, but Tara just had a birthday mm-hmm. two days ago. So happy belated birthday. It's actually happy early birthday because I'm talking to you before your birthday. <laughs> but like Thank everyone you. else, please wish Tara, if you haven't already, a happy belated birthday. <laughs> Aw, thank you. Yes, it is the day before. So does my last episode as a 31-year-old. Yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever. Jessica already gave me shit and CK will have given me shit by the time you hear this. So it's fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. For sure, For sure, <sighs> We are starting a new series here mm-hmm. on Three Spooked Girls. It's a limited series, which is the Netflix docuseries, American Manhunt, the Boston Marathon Bombing. Mm-hmm. We're going to go over the first episode today. The next Thursday is two. And then the, the following one. Will be the <laughs> third one. Yes, weekly, just like we did with Waco. The Waco. I was like, what did we just watch? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Lots of chaos in our lives, yeah. apparently. It's fine. Okay. So I'm going to just state this up front. Mm-hmm. Tara and I have cultivated a safe space here on the internet in the in the sound waves of podcasting. Mm-hmm. And I do not give a flying fuck your personal beliefs. If you come at any comment with something that is Islamophobic, I will smack you hard. I'm just going to put it out there. Mm-hmm. Like, this is mm-hmm. not the place for that. 
I know that this brings up a lot of things when it comes to radicalized religion. Yeah. And we've talked about here on the podcast, my experience with with religion, Mm -hmm. but this isn't the same. And I do not want to see one single fucking comment of someone being completely disrespectful to the Islamic faith. Mm -hmm. Just putting it out there. Yeah. Because I feel like sometimes on the internet, you have to say things in an aggressive tone for people to like... (laughs) Get it. And if you're mad that we're saying this, then we might not be the podcast for you. So mm-hmm. we hope you continue to listen. But yeah, had to had to be done. Yeah, it's not something that can be avoided with this one. This one is a, it's difficult because it is going to be talking about a religion that has literally its own phobia word with it. Yeah. Islamophobia is a huge thing around the world. It's very prominent in America. It's very mm-hmm. prominent. And, you know, 9-11, we as Americans were told one thing and we became extremely patriotic. And this this episode actually talks about a lot about that. Yeah. We bastardize patriotism after 9-11 and mm-hmm. we made it an us versus them when the reality is... It's not us versus them because there are a lot of Muslims in America Mm -hmm. and they are just as American as I am. And in every religion, there are radicals. Mm -hmm. You think about like Christianity and the KKK comes to mind. Mm -hmm. So don't come at them because I'm not here for it. Mm -mm. So this docuseries goes through. It's the 101 hours of the manhunt that is from the time the bombs go off in Boston Mm -hmm. to the time they capture the bomber. Right. So I actually, I mean, this was in 2013. It happened April 15th, 2013. Mm -hmm. And actually, when I decided to watch this for the first time through, it was yeah. April 15th, 2023, and I was like, I didn't plan this, and it right. Damn. It felt very, like, weird. You know that feeling of, like, something is, like, really new but also scary? Like, that's kind yeah. of, like, how I was feeling, because it was, like, I hadn't planned it, and I was just like, oh, my God, this, like, it's the 10th anniversary, and there's kind of this, it was more, like, reverent feeling, like, oh, my God, this this happened. Yeah. So, if you are familiar with American culture, you may know of the Boston City Marathon, Mm -hmm. which is huge. Millions of people go to it. It's televised. It's a big thing. Yeah. If I could pick one city in all of America that has truly grasped the American ideology, it's Boston. Mm -hmm. They are the cornerstone of our country because you think back to like the 1700s yeah so much history the boston tea party like Mm -hmm. literally one of the first rebellious things we did as a country to break away from england happened in boston right and it had that's why there's the new england patriots Mm -hmm. i know that there's some sort of story with the red sox like tara and i both red sox fans by the way Mm -hmm. so like we 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 know (laughs) yes (laughs) And there's some sort of like patriotic story that goes along with the Red Sox. And I feel really bad Mm. that I don't remember it right now, but just it wasn't that pertinent. But because Boston has this like sense of the sense of patriotism and this crazy sense of camaraderie, 
Mm-hmm. Yes. The Boston Marathon is is huge because it's on Patriots Day. So it like ro- it's April 15th. So it like mm-hmm. rotates every single year. This particular year, it was on a Monday. And so there, the Boston Red Sox were playing. The marathon was happening. There was just so many people in this yeah. area. And this first episode kind of follows the story of a woman whose name is Karen and her boyfriend, Kevin, and their friend, Crystal. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of hard, <laughs> hard sounds. <laughs> Kevin was running. It sounded kind of to me like Crystal and Karen were supposed to go to the Red Sox game or Crystal was supposed to go to the Red Sox mm-hmm. game, but they'd been out partying. And so they kind of just like made their way down. T- they said basically they, I think they left Fenway, I'm assuming. Yeah, because then- like she, that's what she did every year. She went to the game. She had never went to the marathon. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she makes her way like down. They find the side alley and it dumps them out like right at the finish line, right where those flags are, right where like the iconic shot happens. Mm-hmm. That they do like with the first person like running over like the finish line, the finish yeah. line, and it's you know it's a symbol, it's like a it's symbolism of like the American dream and hustle and mm-hmm. like the fact that we're a melting pot and Boston is a melting pot. I know, like the whole time I'm watching this and I'm listening to them interview people, like all I can think about is George and Nate from work, like the the Terry mm-hmm. is like they just do this like Boston <laughs> bit. When we get drunk, that's like the funniest shit I've ever heard. And that's all I could think of Aww. when they were like talking about like Bostonians. And I was like, mm, it's them. <laughs> so the race continues on. Karen and Crystal like hang out there because Kevin gets a cramp and stops in the Cambridge area. Mm-hmm. And they're just like, we're going to wait for him here. Because her friends kept going like, come yeah. hang out with us, come hang out with us, come hang out with us. And then the first bomb goes off, and that's where, like, Crystal and Karen are. And yeah. Crystal is one of the, was one of the deaths that happened. Only from the Boston Marathon, there were only three deaths mm-hmm. that occurred. Crystal was one of them. Mm-hmm. So then it's the bomb goes off, and then 12 seconds later, the other bomb goes off. And this has to be like the most terrifying thing in the world if you're, oh my God. If you're around there. Because yeah. it's not like it's that far away. It's really close, actually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I could see where people might start thinking it was just going to like go down the row, like rapid right. fire. Mm-hmm. Thank God there was only two bombings. I mean, I wish there had been none. But like, I mean, we've talked about this before where, you know, sometimes... The first wave happens, and then responders come in, and then there's a second wave. Yeah. Thank God that the, that didn't happen here. Yeah. But one of the guys in the, in the show, Kevin, I think it's Kevin Waters is the guy's name. Mm-hmm. He actually ran the marathon. He is yeah. in the Boston PD, and he, oh no, Kevin is, sorry, my bad. Kevin is the guy they interview, sorry. Billy Evans is the Boston police officer. Mm. Billy, he literally runs it. He says he runs it in three hours and 35 minutes and he's great. And that's about like just over an eight minute mile. And it's 26 mm. miles. <laughs> so, yeah, that's insane. That. That's, <laughs> that's a crazy good pace. Yeah. Like, I'm assuming like he probably had some like really good ones that were a lot shorter, but like 
on average, that's I don't run an eight minute mile. No. So yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Good for him. Uh. And he says like he literally gets up and then like goes back to work in like South Boston. Right. I know. Oh my God. So crazy. <laughs> and I'm like, that's fucking crazy. Like he right. savage. <laughs> jumps in his cruise. He's like literally it's like he sounds like he's like I jump in my cruiser and I go to like and I'm like, the fuck? <laughs> I don't even like, I'm not coming to work. I just ran the Boston Marathon. <laughs> no, he's going to go work a double. It's fine. I know. He's got this. Which, t- to be in the Boston Marathon, you have to, like, qualify for the Boston mm-hmm. Marathon. Like, you have yeah, to have good times. They're not yeah. going to let you 26-hour this shit. <laughs> no. <laughs> Though I was like, I could walk. Like, I don't know if I could actually walk the bar- Boston Marathon, but, like, mm-hmm. I feel like I feel like I could walk it. Mm-hmm. And it wouldn't take me, it wouldn't be a short time, but it wouldn't be that long of time is what I've decided. <laughs> I got you. But he runs it all the time. I think he says in the show he's run like 59 marathons. And I was like, Something okay, insane. brag. Uh, <laughs> you know, that, that's in, that to me is crazy. Amazing. Like, yeah. Every person that I've ever known that's run a marathon, mm-hmm. you decide like, I'm an, no one goes, okay, next month I'm going to run this marathon. People no. go, in seven months, mm-hmm. I'm going to run this marathon. I've been training for two months already. Yep, exactly. It's a big undertaking. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay, guys. I mean, yeah. but I I can see people, because there's a lot of people that I know that run like 10 miles, like when they mm-hmm. run, they run for 10 miles. So like a half marathon is nothing to them. It's just like a few right. extra miles. But like, like, if you run the Boston Marathon, I feel like, April 16th, you start training for the next year. <laughs> Pretty much, probably. Jeez. So, you know, he goes back, the bomb goes off, he comes, you know, he comes back, they they start to do an investigation. Mm-hmm. They bring up the in this video, or in this docuseries, they bring up the fact that there was a fire at the JFK library, but mm-hmm. then they never circle back to, like, if it no. meant anything. And I was like, oh. So just a fire? Like someone like just was cash. Curious. Okay. All right. <laughs> it, weird coinkadink? I don't know All what right. else to say. Is this an Easter egg? I'm confused. <laughs> no. What's gonna happen? The story the one of the really, really upsetting parts of the story is mm. so Crystal and Karen. Karen kind of comes to while she's there. Yeah. And I think she knows that Crystal is dead, but she doesn't yeah. know that Crystal is dead. Because she's like right. holding her hand and she said she's like a rag doll. Yeah. And at some <laughs> point, what ends up happening is someone runs up to Karen and goes, here's your phone and hands mm-hmm. it to her. Mm-hmm. And she has her phone. So then people like her boyfriend, Crystal's boyfriend is calling yeah. And they're like, oh, she's in surgery. Because, like, I understand the assumption. Right, exactly. So Crystal's boyfriend and family think that she's okay. They think yeah. she's in surgery on her leg. They're, like, probably thinking they're fucking lucky stars that she's going to pull through. And then Kevin goes looking for Karen and can't find mm-hmm. her and can't find her. And basically, he gets a call that she's in surgery. Right. That it's not Crystal. And the person who identifies Karen is Crystal's boyfriend because they needed him to make a positive ID. And he was like, that's not her. 
And then they realized that she had passed. So for like mm-hmm. hours, hours after the bombing, Crystal's family thought she was alive. Yeah, it's so horrible. It is. Like I said, there were three deaths. One's, one was a child. He walks up and they put the bomb near the flags. Mm-hmm. And then he walks this, away and detonates the thing it. With the cell phone, yeah. He has a like a cell phone detonator. And then the other guy sets it down in front of a restaurant and walks away. Yeah. And it's just like the chaos that... So now police have come in. Because they're bombs, they're like, this is an act of terrorism. They bring right. in the FBI. Mm-hmm. Immediately, they bring yeah. him in. Which I was like, that's smart. Because right. we all know that a lot of times that doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. They hesitate to to bring someone in. Yeah. So they bring in a special agent. His name is Rick. And he he immediately starts to like assess what's going on mm-hmm. and looking at it. And because this is like 2013, we're into iPhones now. People right. have, people Smart record mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. are like on Instagram, those type of things. And so we have something that like every single person in the surrounding area has one. And yeah. so they immediately put the, all the cell towers are knocked out. Mm-hmm. So they start asking people and they get tens of thousands of emails within the first few hours. Yeah. And that sounds fantastic. You know, like this is one of those times where you're like, we have so <laughs> much evidence, but, but we don't know, like, oh, we don't know sh- what's evidence and what's shit. Like we don't know exactly what makes sense. And you know, they bring in a U.S. attorney right away. Her name is Cameron Ortiz. The police chief or the police commissioner, Edward Davis, is also there. I don't really like Edward. I'm going to be real honest. Mm-hmm. People might be like, what? I didn't like him <laughs> because I've seen the whole thing and I didn't like him because I liked him up until the last. We'll get to three. We'll talk about okay. him. But okay. I didn't like him because of his ans- one of his answers. Ooh. But he comes in and they're just like, okay, you know, President Obama has talked about this nationally. Mm -hmm. It is everywhere. And they are like, this is an act of terrorism. Yeah. Right away, they get kind of a first lead, which is super wrong. I just want everyone to know. There was a gentleman who, a student who was a Saudi national. He Mm -hmm. like kind of comes stumbling out of like the wreckage of this. There's smoke, everything. And the police are like, what are you doing? Because they're profiling. I'm going to be fucking honest. They're profiling. Mm -hmm. And he panics and throws his phone down. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, you don't trust people. You know, you don't trust people. Yeah. And so they take him into custody. It breaks that there's a Saudi national in custody. And people... You know, they're like, oh, this is an act of terrorism. Yes. Yeah, it's it's snowballs. Yeah. Yeah. They go to his apartment. Some things don't, like, add up. I'm not really sure. There were, like, some things were weird with his passports. They never fucking explain what was weird with his yeah. passports. It all just kind of sounds like bullshit that they were trying to hold him on. Mm-hmm. And they basically find out that this was just, like, case of mistaken racial profiling. That this yep. dude was, like, just doing his thing and mm-hmm. panicked and threw his phone down. And so right. they interviewed him. They interviewed his roommates. And then because they interviewed his roommates, people like knew who he was. 
Mm-hmm. The roommate was like interviewed on like national for national news. Right. And this is a hugely new. And the thing that's the weird thing is like hugely covered in the news. And I just didn't remember. Like, I don't remember the details of this case like at all. Yeah. And so they just kind of like, they don't have anyone. Mm-hmm. And they kind of get a, they get a break in the case when this dude was like, hey, I was like across the street from the forum, which was the restaurant mm-hmm. that the bomb was in front of. And he's like, I got a couple still shots. And they look at it and they see in this, they see in the shot, there's a backpack. Right. On the ground and it's right before it blows up and it is the backpack because at this point in time, they have determined that the bombs were pressure cookers in a backpack Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. that the backpack, you know, was set down. They found the pressure cooker lid on a roof. It was, it was crazy. Yeah. So then they kind of like time it up and then they start looking at, they start looking at the footage of this and they notice that there's a, a younger looking Caucasian mm-hmm. man that walks mm-hmm. up and he's wearing a backwards white baseball cap. Yeah. And he's there and he sets the back that he has a backpack and then he sets it down. Mm-hmm. And then they when they keep watching, because the forum that can't like the footage was they got the footage from the from the restaurant, and they notice that the bomb goes off down the street and everyone's looking left. And then this guy in the white hat just kind of casually walks off to the right. Mm-hmm. And then once he gets out of the blast range, which is basically the sight of the camera, he hits it and it goes off. And then you don't see anything else because obviously the camera was blown out. But that's what like blows my mind about all of this is that this person just walked up. And there's so much chaos, you can't really be like, well, that guy had that backpack there because people are going to be rattled. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're not really, pay- like, when you're in large crowds, you're not really paying attention. No. One of the things they do talk about in, the, in this one is since these are pressure cooker bombs, they're really hard to track, like, making of them because you don't need a lot of special ingredients. You can get them, like, anywhere. Mm-hmm. Because you can buy them anywhere, it means you literally could go, I'm going to go buy the pressure cooker at Walmart. I'm going to go buy some of these things from Target. I'm going to yeah. go buy, you know, just kind of like go to different stores. So there's no way mm-hmm. to really trace one big purchase of these things. Yeah. So now they have the guy in the white hat and they're like, okay, they start backing him up and then they realize that he's with another person. And it's a dude in a black Boston's hat. So they call one white hat and one black hat. They're super original at the FBI. (laughs) (laughs) They bring in their cyber division and Kevin Swindon is the leader of that particular project. And something that like kind of hits me with this is that they say something that like blew my mind. It's like if you have eight hours of footage, you have to go through. (sighs) That's at least eight hours. Yeah. And it was like everyone kind of thinks that the world works like Penelope Garcia from Criminal Minds. Hmm. Yeah. That'd be amazing. It doesn't, but that'd be amazing. (laughs) Right? Like, you don't just, like, type something in and boom, it pops up. No. There's no enhance button. (laughs) I wish. 
Now, there's a couple other people that kind of come into this story. And one is Ishmael. I want to say his last name is pronounced Finney. Yeah, he is, he's a representative from the Islamic Society of Boston. And he kind of speaks this because they are setting this up to kind of talk about who the bombers are. It's really kind of like the whole thing is brought, you don't really get a kind of an idea of who these two individuals are until you meet him and then you meet Yosef. Mm-hmm. At the time, he was a college student and he was part of, basically, he was friends with one of the bombers. Mm-hmm. And he does a really good job of talking about the pers- of having the perspective of being an Islamic kid, a Muslim kid in the world after 9-11 and how he was bullied and kids picked on him and ran up to him and made fake, gave him a fake bomb and like made ticking sound. Horrible. Those people are horrible. I mean, he was a kid. We don't blame when like monsters like Israel Keys, we don't blame his daughter. Right. And so like these children who are just like trying to go to school and get an education are being tormented. Yeah. So he's talking about it from that perspective. And it, and it kind of, you can tell he has some guilt around a decision that he made. Because once they get the fit, the pictures of Black Hat, White Hat, they're like, do we tell the public? And they went back and forth on it. And then they finally decide to release them. He gets a, the picture sent to him and someone calls him and they're talking about it. Mm. And he's like, do you understand, like, what you're doing when you pinpoint who this is? Like, this is a big allegation. Yeah. And Yusuf kind of is talking with his friend and he's like, this is a really big allegation. Like, we can't just blame this person. And it is about Johar Sernaya. He is one. He's the guy in the white hat. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Yosef is like looking at this with his friend and they kind of talk about it and they basically go, no, because Jahar was popular. He was like captain of this wrestling team. He was like the cool kid that like, you know, everyone hung out with. And so typically when we think of bombers, we think of like the Unabomber who was antisocial, mm-hmm. who hid away, who used bombs because he didn't have to do it in person, that kind of thing. But this was the complete opposite. So this episode really kind of like goes into the fact that like they're really setting up why this happened. And it Mm -hmm. does have to do a lot with the Muslim faith and the belief system. And Mm -hmm. it again is because of someone who I would say that most Muslims believe bastardized their faith. And Mm -hmm. I can't speak for them because I am not part of that culture. Yeah. This is kind of where it ends. The episode is really kind of, it leads up to the bombing. It's kind of Karen telling her story Mm -hmm. and Kevin telling his, which now they're married. I just, I just found that out. Oh. Which I'm so glad because I was like, yeah, she referred to him as like my boyfriend at the time. And I was like. And then it shows them together and you're like, yay. (laughs) But like, I was like, wait a second. (laughs) What is happening? But that would be why. Yeah, that they're together. And it's just like this was a really, really tragic day in yeah. history. Like somebody took a celebration and decided to make the world feel the way that they felt. Yeah. And 
Unfortunately, three people would lose their lives from it. Mm-hmm. Though I will say that I was very shocked that it was such a low, yeah, low like, number. Thank goodness. Right. No, I was. I shouldn't say shocked. I said I, I should say like I felt really relieved by it. Yeah. I was like, wow, this could have been really crazy. Right. And it was. It was crazy, but like the potential. Yeah. When we think of terrorist attacks, we think of things in America like 9-11. Yeah. Whereas in other countries, this is kind of pretty close to their normal terrorist Mm -hmm. attack. Yeah. You know, President Obama came to visit these people. Mm -hmm. Karen was like, (laughs) I love that Karen and Kevin had like completely different reactions when it came to Obama. (laughs) Karen was like, I was grateful. But I really just wasn't in the mood. (laughs) Like, I had just survived a bombing. My friend was dead. And Kevin was like, he was a striking figure. And I was like, (laughs) I was like, ah, the perspectives here. But yeah, he came in and he, Obama was like, we're going to get the individuals to do this. And so I don't know exactly the hour that we leave off on. I think it's somewhere in the either the early 40s. It's lower, yeah. Or the 30s. 30s, yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. But I will say that, like, 100, 101 hours is still, like, really freaking impressive in my book. Yeah. They were like, it took a real long time. And I was like... Considering how many people were there and everything, like... <laughs> the fact that they were like, oh, yeah, no, like, less than two days into it, yeah. they'd gone through all of those things. Because, like, people were sending, like, hoax photos. Yeah. Don't do that, people. The like, what the fuck? Of, <laughs> right. Reddit became a big deal. Mm, was yes. happening mm-hmm, people were mm-hmm. going on reddit and like looking through pictures and they were like they were being super racist and they were like what about yeah. this individual you know just someone out enjoying a just sunny day in April fucking and doxing someone yeah ridiculous yeah. who knows this person you yeah know? like i'm pretty sure one of them like when i was looking at i think one of them was actually one of the bombers like the oh. pictures they used i can't remember dang I mean, which was likely to happen, like someone yeah. was walking with a backpack and they knew it was a backpack. So at that point, I think everyone was like, that person has a backpack, that person had. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of where you'd have to start. But yeah, I mean, they literally with less than less than 40 hours had visuals of these individuals, mm-hmm. had given them nicknames and was looking for them. Yeah. And our next they episode is going to. What? Oh, I said they be moving. <laughs> they be moving. Well, I mean, and I think. Which, like, I'm glad. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying that in a bad way. After 9-11, our country has been completely different. Yeah. One, I'm really still shocked when I go to the airport and people are, like, not understanding that they can't take their six pack of soda with them <laughs> on, this, on the plane. And they're like, why? Right. And it's like, bro. If I could only bring three ounces of shampoo, you don't get a six pack. No. <laughs> Where are you going that you like? Why do you need a six pack on the plane? I mean, I mean, you could buy the drinks on board. Right. And like most places like diet, your diet Pepsi or diet Coke, they're going to have your diet Coke. Oh, I was thinking like beer. I was like, you could buy it on the plane. Oh, but yes, even too. but soda, seriously, like soda. But- no. <laughs> if you took, just so that everyone knows, in case no one has flown, you're not allowed to bring liquor that is alcohol or beer. Like, you can't right. bring your own on the plane. Yeah, and exactly. Drink it. Yeah. They will confiscate it from you. Right. Not that I know because I've done it, 
but because I've read the card in the seat pocket. Yeah. And they tell you, like, you're not allowed. They're like, you can't take that on the plane. I love those videos of, like, the women who go to, like, TSA and they have, like, the handle of vodka and you're like, (coughs) ma'am. No, thank you. Yeah. I mean, in a post-9-11 world, when something like that happens, at least our federal agencies are, like, they're trained. Mm -hmm. This is what we do. Mm -hmm. And I think Boston PD made the right call bringing in the FBI. Yeah. (laughs) They kind of said it like he had a choice. And I was like, "Mm, you didn't. (laughs) You didn't have a choice. It's fine. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah. And so it kind of leaves. We have a tentative name, Mm -hmm. Jahar. Mm -hmm. And then next episode, we're going to really find out about them. And then... Mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember. It's going to get wilder before it gets oh. not. Yeah. What happens in the 101 hours is insane. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's going to conclude today. We will be back on Monday with another episode. And we will be back next Thursday with part two. Yeah. Bye, guys. Toodles. Toodles.